0: Hello and welcome to R3 Cents, a podcast celebrating the finest video games of the last 30 years. My name is Jonathan Dunn and I am joined once again by my childhood friend, Chris Dow. Christopher, the big red dog. And my adulthood friend, Minty Booth. The gentle idiot. And we are discussing our all-time top 100 video games. This week we have our number 91s. But before we do that, guess what time it is, guys?
1: (gasps) Always quiz time.
0: That's one more for Chris. That was the question.
1: (laughs) Oh, well done, Chris. Fantastic. Tune in next week. (laughs) But seriously,
0: Chris is in the lead by four points to three, Minty.
2: Okay, I can pull that back tonight and I will. Watch me. I mean, listen to me, I guess.
0: This is question 10. The first Final Fantasy was created while Developer Square was nearing bankruptcy. (laughs) The director, Hironobu Sakaguchi, thinking the game would be his last... Gave the series its name. It was not his Final Fantasy. Over two decades later, the series is still going strong. What was the name of the final boss? Chaos. Oh, I wouldn't have got that.
2: Probably my favourite final boss with a face for a dick game. Wow. Let me
1: Google that. I can picture it now, but only from playing uh, Final Fantasy Theatre Rhythm, the, uh, the rhythm game on the DS. There we go. Neck and neck. Ten episodes in. So,
2: what have your video game weeks consisted of? Well, the hot news of the day is that today Piranha Plant dropped on Smash Ultimate.
0: Yes, it did. I completed Classic Mode with him earlier on today.
2: Ah. (laughs) Or she. (laughs) Well, both, because um, plants have both uh, sexual organs, don't they?
0: I tell you what, Piranha Plant... Is surprisingly fast for some sort of potted fruit. It's
2: because it's got little tootsies. Yeah, you can see them poking out the bottom of the pot. Little tootsies, little
0: roots. I like the way that he sort of grabs onto the edges of ledges with his little his little leaves. I, I quite like the up B or the B, just the B special move where it blows up a spike ball. Yeah. I mean, did I play through the game seventy four times and thought, you know what? There's something missing. It's a plant. No but it's it's an it's an okay character i'm a bit disappointed that no other sort of content came with it no extra hasn't even got his own stage has he i guess there's still still time to hope for them finally fixing the um god-awful bonus stage still angry about that it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen is it but speaking of things that were designed to be procedurally generated i've been continuing playing diablo 3
1: Oh, are you still enjoying Diablo Three?
0: I'm yeah, I'm having a really good time. I'm having a really good time. I've I finished the campaign mode and getting involved in the seasonal action, doing adventure mode on that, and it's really good fun. I mean, it's like I said last week. It's you know fairly sort of mindless, you know, looting, grinding, rinse and repeat. But in between playing that, I have I actually got a little inkling for some Worms action after Ooh. Minty chatted about Worms Armageddon, and I got Worms WMD on the Switch. Which is it? Good. It's it's all right. Yeah. I mean, on the surface, it's very much the same as Worms Armageddon. You know, it's Mm. classic 2D Worms. It's got a lot of the same weapons, a lot of the same functions. All the physics and stuff sort of works pretty much exactly the same. There is a few new elements they've sort of put in to sort of shake things up a bit. There are now sometimes vehicles on the map that so you could jump in a tank or a helicopter. And there's like sentry guns that you can sort of man and you can craft weapons as well so crates will drop like they used to when you collect weapons but then there is another type of crate that will drop that's got ingredients that you can use to craft not only sort of the vanilla weapons but also slightly twisted advanced versions of those weapons so you can get like a mud pie bomb or like some like crazy banana which i mean it's cool it's uh, it's fun, but it didn't need it. So yeah, it's a classic Worms game. I'm glad that they didn't sort of continue pursuing the 3D route. I'd like to play it with some people. I think it'd be a good couch game to play, so uh... we
1: can add it to the docket for next time we're all together.
0: Absolutely. How has your week been, Chris, in terms of video games?
1: My week's been okay. I um finished the game Car Quest on the Switch. Oh yeah, I saw you were playing that. It is really average and <laughs> oh. uh, I was talking to my brother about it and he said why you know in your room you've got access to probably 15,000 decent games yeah would you pursue playing like absolute shit <laughs> which, which is like the, the main tenant of the stuff I play for some reason I think that's the name of your autobiography isn't it yeah I, I can't answer it I can't answer it but it's a average game it's kind of it feels like almost an N64 style collect them up Sort of game, but you drive a little car with weird floaty physics. See Minty's face perked up there. I did mine when I first sort of heard about. It. I thought, oh, that sounds quite fun, but yeah, I don't know. It's charming enough, I guess. And uh, I think I mentioned to you, it's made by like a team of just two brothers. Yeah. So like all the artwork and voice work is done by one guy. Great. And then all mm. all the main coding and kind of design is done by the other. Yeah. Uh, and it means I sort of forgive a lot of the the worst parts of it because I, it just puts me in mind of when we were young and, and trying to make stupid games, you know, using Click and Play and Games Factory and stuff. Oh, yeah. Classics. But, yeah, it is really average, and I can't believe I've put 10 hours into that and <laughs> you know, a, a, lot, a lot less time into, like, like we said, the hundreds of other decent games that are just in stacks around my person at all times.
0: Moving on to the rankings, starting this week with Monsieur Booth. Minty, can you please tell us what is your
2: 91st favourite video game? Yeah, I can. You'll notice the uh, the slight tinge of urgency, maybe even anger in my voice. You need a wee? No, no. (laughs) That was just me uh, priming you and the listeners uh, for how this this choice is going to go okay you know the nintendo switch yes we've been seeing a lot of uh, definitive and deluxe editions of games haven't we
0: yes we have minty
2: and it, it's mostly being just a way of companies making a quick buck rehashing games that were popular on other systems
0: or were good games on unpopular systems
2: such as numerous wii u games <laughs> Yes, yes. Now, this game comes from the PC. When I first started playing this game, it was a very uh, well rounded and critically acclaimed indie game, which is all that my laptop could handle. It was then re released, revamped, rebirthed, I guess. Ah. You could say. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and then another expansion came out. That was good. And then this next expansion came, and it was probably one of the laziest expansions that i've ever come across in my life very very few uh, meaningful additions to the game it boasted a huge new final level which was just some kind of lazy conglomerate of all the existing assets in the game with a with a boss that was upon release just one single frame of animation you know, what is yeah. it it's the binding of isaac <laughs> afterbirth plus
0: ah So for the sake of this, Minty, are you considering The Binding of Isaac Afterbirth Plus as a separate entry to, say, other versions of The Binding of Isaac? Yes. Almost as if this is The Binding of Isaac 2.0
2: or 1.5 sure for what it did wrong and what it did right it did provide so many subtle changes to the gameplay and added so many different things that it does become its own entity i mean for me they are two incredibly different games rebirth and afterbirth plus rebirth was just a fantastic game Almost perfectly balanced. If we treat Afterbirth Plus as its own game, as it was on the Switch, it was a complete game. It was a definitive edition, as it were, but it was also bloated and messy. It was, for everything it promised, it just came off as a bit disappointing and it didn't really build on what came before it in a very satisfying way. So, what you're saying is that Ed McMillan, in adding more, took more away. By his own admission, he was scraping the bottom of the barrel.
1: I, I feel like as a as a designer, like I, I really like generally a lot of what he's put out over the years. Oh yes, but he's not the best at restraint. quality control. yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like if yeah, if if that's the main criticism of afterbirth, it's because he is not amazing at saying when something should stop if he feels like there is like a fan swell behind it. there have been obviously even additional updates coming. Yeah, the, the Switch is still still getting patches yeah. with um,
2: expansion content,
0: and it's very it's very much smacks of trying to dig yourself out of a hole.
2: <laughs> the booster packs um, come from fan made mods, yeah. don't they? So it's it's nothing to do with him at all. It's, yeah, which is good because it honors and validates the work that uh, so many of the fans put in. Yeah, something else that works against Afterbirth Plus is it came out around about the same time as Antibirth came out, which was, uh, which was what the community remix mod to the original game was to Rebirth. Absolutely fantastic. Blew it out of the water, it yeah. really did. So yeah, number 91, Afterbirth Plus. A really great game to begin with, but then just spoiled a bit.
0: But Sad. still a really good game. I've put a lot of hours into various iterations of Binding of Isaac myself, and I, I absolutely see what you mean. I think for, if there were sort of new people coming into the series, if Afterburst Plus was their first interaction with any of the Binding of Isaac games, mm-hmm. I think that's when you can kind of see its its real flaws because you're right, there is too much in there yeah. it's one thing if you've been playing it through its various kind of updates and remakes and being involved with uh, some of the sort of the modern community sort of additional things but when you look at all of that stuff that's in there mm-hmm. with uh, very little sort of handle on it to kind of get an idea of what's going on for a game which Already kind of throws you in at the deep end with very little explanation in terms of what, yeah, you know, the sort of yeah. finer details of what the game does, then I think, yeah, you'd be totally scared off.
1: Isn't there one more expansion still to come?
0: Apparently, there is like one more final, final, final one to come, which is actually going to include Anti Birth, which would be great. Uh, yeah. Whether or not that would be a free update to Afterbirth Plus. Sort of looking at the way that Edmund McMillan has sort of relied on patching games and kind of slowly improving them. In his mind, or adding to them, and to try and get it closer to what he wants it to be. It does make me wonder what the board game is going to play like when we really get into that. Hmm. So, we've had a couple of little games of it. He can't do anything to patch that. No, no. no. If he did, it'd be such a huge operation.
1: to post cards around the
0: world yeah exactly it, it just instructions and a free pot of tipex
2: yeah so it's been a weird old ride with the binding of isaac but really isn't the real ride the journey that we've all been on together and the friends that we've made along the way
0: well there we have it our first dive into uh, the realms of the binding of isaac will we see more later on probably moving on we have my entry. Jonathan A. Dunn. That is what my name is. Oh. <laughs> this game is actually the second puzzle game in a row for me. Oh. I think it's a puzzle game. I think I think that's probably how I would define it. I don't know. We'll come on to that. Call of Duty. <laughs> war is a puzzle (laughs) this is a game that was originally released in the 90s and it was released on i'm pretty sure every platform either a version of it or a remake of it or a spin-off version for me my personal experience of it came uh, from playing it on the game boy but i don't think that was its preferred platform it'd probably be most commonly classified as a pc game okay the game I'm talking about is Lemmings.
2: Oh, Ooh, good stuff! Plucky little folk.
0: <laughs> yes, good stuff. For people who don't know what Lemmings is, which I assume is no one, <laughs> certainly of the handful of people who are listening to this. Gene, if you don't know what Lemmings is. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the basic premise of lemmings is uh, you have a 2d stage and there will be a spawn point which will spawn lemmings and a goal that you need to get your lemmings to and you can equip lemmings with certain characteristics certain behaviors to sort of build structures or dig tunnels in order to get your lemmings to the goal this includes diggers and builders Climbers, bashers, which would bash through walls. There were miners that would bash through sort of walls that were too, like metal and stuff. It sort of capitalized upon the notion that lemmings will always sort of follow the other one, even if that means throwing itself. Uh, off a cliff and lemmings have therefore sort of had this suicidal kind of label put on them so in many ways it's a game based around the incorrect stereotype of an animal that simultaneously misrepresents an entire genus and trivializes mental illness <laughs> it's also the first game that introduced me to a homophonetic pause icon
1: oh i had to think what you even meant then but i know I go now <laughs> two
0: little dogs pause uh, and you click it to pause the game
2: that's dumb Oh, all right. No, it's not. It's it's endearing.
0: Um, It's also the first place that I heard the word and found out the meaning of the words taxing and mayhem. Because there were difficulties, weren't they? They were, yeah. There was the, the, the four main difficulty settings, fun, tricky, taxing and mayhem. I think I managed to do all of fun... Then maybe the first few levels of Tricky, maybe the first level. I think I once did the first level of Mayhem, but I loved it. It was really addictive. It was really simple. I remember seeing some uh, friends of uh, my brothers playing it on their PC and thinking this was like the coolest thing ever. This was like the pinnacle of, you know, sort of gaming. And the fact that I got a Game Boy version was monumental. I just remembered. I can't remember who it was with, but I believe I swapped a Game Boy game for this one. Uh, in the playground of uh, a junior school. What did you swap? I think it was Kirby's Dreamland. But yes, as a as a child, I always I used to also design my own levels for Lemmings on paper, as I was wont to do. That was kind of my go to thing to do when I was into a game. Like I remember, I drew out like an entire sequel to Rayman.
2: <laughs> That's how they designed the levels in Super Mario Brothers on paper. On grid paper.
0: There was a remake of it that came out on the PSP with, like, brand new sort of graphics, really shiny, really nice. And I almost bought a PSP so I could get that. Just so you could play that.
1: Yeah. It was decent. It was a, it was a decent version. In many ways, it's
0: not too dissimilar to Worms in the fact that it kind of nailed it the first time. The format uh, hasn't changed. They tried to sort of branch out, but it just didn't work. They tried to make it in 3D, and it didn't work. The most recent Lemmings game actually came out over
1: Christmas. It's a mobile version, isn't it?
0: It has followed in the footsteps of Animal Crossing in creating a microtransaction-led bastardization of the original oh. game. <laughs> but even more so, like, I mean... Animal Crossing is obviously a game where it's all about the priorities, like taking your time and enjoying life and smelling the roses (laughs) along the way. So, obviously, the whole pay to win structure takes an absolute sledgehammer to that ideal. And, you know, Lemmings is about trial and error. It's about getting it catastrophically wrong and watching two dozen little animals hurl themselves off a cliff, but then, you know, (laughs) learning from that and trying it again. So, (laughs) the new mobile game, you basically get. 50 energy and cost like an energy to make a lemming into a basher or a blocker. is that really or... is that the way they went yeah jeez whereas in the original game you would have like limited numbers of these different types of lemming so you're just like right okay i've only got one basher so i can't just go bashing through this whole thing i've got to think you know laterally and and figure out a way around this whereas now you just go well i can just make them all float and then them all swim or whatever and they can <laughs> all get to the thing but you can then you've got to wait for your energy to refill or pay for for it it was shocking I mean absolutely <laughs> shocking and it, they should be really embarrassed with themselves for releasing that <sighs> I, I hope they are I found out in doing doing a little bit of research for this game I found out a really interesting bit of trivia it is Often cited as the predecessor of, sort of modern real time strategy games. I suppose
1: I can see oh, that. I can see that. Yeah. Yes, yes.
0: Which is why I was thinking is it a puzzle game? Is it a strategy game? Both Lizards actually cite it as a direct inspiration for the first Warcraft game. Wow. Yeah. I, did, I didn't know that. The original Lemmings was done
1: by DMA Design, wasn't it? That sounds about right. Yeah, it was released on like the Amiga. Yeah, which ended up being the team that turned into Rockstar and made Grand Theft Auto. Is that right? I'm pretty sure. Very interesting. It's rare that you get a game that was so sort of
0: important in the industry. The original sort of games that sort of laid the groundwork for modern games. Most of those games have continued on and, you know, you've got like modern versions of them and they've continued evolving. But Lemmings never, never has. It just sort of... I guess there hasn't been a Lemmings 3D. There has been a Lemmings 3D and it it was crap. But I guess there's nothing to do but, you know, just keep releasing it keep porting it keep remaking it Uh, but then they haven't even done that for about 10 years yeah it's been a while so it's a real shame that what they've done with the mobile version of the game and i hope that they learn from this and they just release a brilliant remastered version of the original lemmings with a level editor and some community aspects release it on the switch and all the other platforms ps4 xbox one cross-platform support you can just design levels and download packs and everyone would have a great time why aren't they doing that Why aren't they doing that, indeed? I'm going to tweet them, Mm. and um, that'll be the end of it. So there we have it. Lemmings is my 91st favourite video game of all time, specifically the Game Boy one, but, in fact, it's it's actually probably the worst version of it. I imagine it's a nightmare to play in monochrome. It is awful, mate. (laughs) There we have it. (laughs) Moving on, we have Mr Chris Dow. Please, can you tell us what your 91st favourite video game
1: is? Right. Firstly, as part of this 91st pick, I feel... I should give a public service announcement that if anyone is interested in any of my tastes, you should go and buy the Mega Drive collection on any platform because this is another title that is from that game, oh boy. or can be played in that game. Because so far, including this one, this this will be three picks in this in this last run of episodes that all feature in this compilation. And for my money, if you pick it up for like twenty five quid or something you're getting your money's worth just with these three games, let alone whatever else is on it. This game is Dynamite Heady. Ooh, interesting. Yes, I remember this. It's really good. It's, a, it's another weird action platformer. Treasure at the time, it was still quite early on in their run of games, I think. So I think previous to this or prior to this, they, they had made Gunstar Heroes. Later on, they did things like Ikaruga and Bangayo on the Dreamcast. They did a really good Astro Boy game for the Game Boy Advance. Uh, that I don't think anyone played. But now I'm talking about it, I should have included on the top 100 somewhere <laughs> because it is, it's really, really good. So check that one out. But Dynamite Heady, it's kind of central conceit, I guess it's central story. You're a weird hybrid robot puppet thing uh, and you're fighting your way through the stages of like a sprawling movie set. Other puppets have come to life and are trying to take over the world for some reason. But as with most 16-bit games, none of this is particularly important the only thing that really matters is that you are this little character who can switch weapons out by literally swapping his head. So, some of them will be you'll, you'll swap your head to like a big hoover that will suck in enemies. There's one that uh, you get like a sticky sort of spike ball head that lets you kind of clamber up walls and stuff like that. So, it kind of, it, you can take different paths through levels, or you can make certain encounters easier or, or certain bosses different and things like that by using these different power ups, I guess. All the platforming feels really good. And in true treasure fashion, if you've played any of their games, all the bosses and mid bosses are really, really inventive, really kind of exciting, all very different to one another. So you, you almost push through the levels, whether you enjoy those parts or not, just to get to kind of the encounters at the end. It is a game that moves at a pretty relentless pace for that reason, like because you, you're never hanging around anywhere for long. There's always something else changing or slight mix ups in the way that the levels themselves are structured. And it pushes the Mega Drive really, really hard, despite not being kind of that far into its life. There's really kind of like challenging scaling, screen effects, and all sorts of things. So it's really visually exciting to see and play even now. And because of that, like most of Treasure's work, that I've, I'm a big fan of a lot of their stuff actually. But there's zero subtlety in any of their work. Like everything is bold and brash, brightly coloured. All their games are kind of quintessentially games. They they feel like they are games, which is it seems like a stupid thing to say. Well,
0: it's good. For, it's good seeing as they are games.
1: <laughs> but what I, what I mean is like these these days if i if i look at my shelves like the games i've enjoyed like more modern or contemporary games yeah i go out of my way a lot of the time to play stuff that's kind of more nuanced or stuff where it's like all oh, the narrative's really interesting or, or the mechanics work in a really like organic way but the stuff i really really enjoy that like a lot of the stuff on my list so far has been stuff like dynamite Heady, which is just you put it on and it's like someone just screaming, video games in your ear the entire time. <laughs> like it, it never stops, never lets up from like a title screen onwards. It's all just bright colored, big noises as if you, you're standing in the middle of an arcade. And that still really, really appeals to me as kind of I've got these, these two very different sides to kind of my taste. And a lot of stuff from this kind of 16-bit era is, is from that kind of score design, I think, just like real big explosions. Yeah, it's really immediate, it's chaotic, it's really challenging. Uh, And it also, I've made a little note that when I was trying to think about what to say about this, it makes me think of pizza, and I couldn't think why. (laughs) And it's because I remember, like, I must have been like, I don't know, 10 or something, really, really young. And I remember being in Pizza Hut in Margate High Street uh, with my family and begging my dad for the entire lunch we were there if we could walk over to Woolworths to buy Dynamite Heady. Amazing! Because I would looked at the box at some point, and he kept saying, "No, no, we're not, we're not doing that." You know, we're just going to have the pizza and go home. And then he went outside for some reason, and then came back in with a game. And I've got like a really Aww. fond memory of that. And I, I, what I kind of quite liked is, is not only does it make me think of my, my favourite food, um, <laughs> games these days. <laughs> you know, it's it's great being able to have enough disposable income that I can go out and say, "Oh, I'm going to pick up a game and enjoy that." But I'll never have that same relationship with a game where something is received like a real surprise or like a genuine treat. Absolutely. When you were kids, and it's like, well, I do have. Uh, I've got three pounds. And if I save more money for the next six months, I'll have enough for a quarter of the game. Yeah. You know, it's very different. And, and I do kind of miss that, that feeling of getting a new game being more of an event and a spectacle. Yeah. And that's Dynamite heady.
0: Wonderful. Well, as you were speaking, I have bought a Mega Drive collection on the Switch. Good, good. So I'll be playing on that. <laughs> I also bought another game by Treasure um, that I forgot had been released on the Switch, which is what game?
1: Uh, Ikaruga came out on the Switch didn't it? Yes that is correct. Oh wow. Sequel to uh, Radiant Silvergun on Sun. Another great game. I'm pretty confident that'll we'll see a port at some point soon. Radiant Silvergun yeah, it came out on Xbox Live and I think uh, Nicholas or nicholas they've got the rights to Ikaruga at the moment. I'm I'm pretty confident they would have taken Radiant Silvergun as well. Yeah. So give it a while and maybe we'll get a port of that as well because that's another cracking schmup.
0: That wraps it up for another week, uh, another eclectic trio of games. We had The Binding of Isaac After Birth Plus, Lemmings and Dynamite Heady. Marvelous! If you have enjoyed this episode, or indeed if you've liked any of the episodes so far, please do give us a five-star rating, leave a review, share it, tell your friends. If you have any questions or feedback, or anything you want to bug us about then please do get in touch you can find me on
1: twitter at jonathan dunn you can find me at Chaz underscore hodges you can find me on twitter now no Uh, it's just minty booth yeah he's only gone and done it huge thanks as
0: always to the double down podcast network for hosting us and make sure you join us next week for our number 90s heading into the 90s guys get on your adidas
2: poppers do you remember the 90s (laughs) do you remember apartheid Those were the days. (laughs) Classic.